who all is going to be at the Airbnb and how many beds and bedrooms? Uh, I think bedrooms, let me double check this right now. I've been sent all this information, but it's information overload, Zay. And well, I killed too many brain cells with other things too. It is a five bedroom house that we're going to be in a former governor's mansion that is apparently protected by the historic society. 10 beds in this five bedroom house, but only three and a half baths. So that means three bathrooms where there's actually a shower. God, I hope they're not operating on a hot water heater because the ninth and 10th people to shower on a given day are going to be completely screwed out of hot water. If that's We're going to have 10 people staying? Yeah, it's going to be you, me, BK, Bucky. All right, let me think about this here. Rodney and his wife, so that's six. Brock, Brock's, uh, Brock's buddy. What's Brock's buddy's name? Oh, gosh. My man that we saw at Moonshine? Yeah. The one that uh, everybody thinks he and Brock are hooking up, even though they're just Wow, okay. Yeah. And then Brock's dad is apparently in on this action. So there may be nine. I don't know if there's a 10th just yet. If there's a 10th, then I guess we should ask BK that. Because the 10th was going to be KD, but for work reasons and uh, otherwise, KD just can't make the trip this weekend. So there may be an extra bed. If so, great. My big question is, because you know a couple of these beds will be on their own. So I feel like the pecking order of people who get their own bedroom is Rodney and his wife first and foremost, and then Bucky after that, right? Because Bucky's the old guy who's likely going to be asleep by 10 or 11. <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about New Year's Eve. I'm on bourbon. Like, come on now. That's a must. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I'm not normally looking to stay out past a certain hour, but in New Orleans, it's you're playing by a different set of rules there. Oh, uh, exactly. I feel but bad for Rodney's wife, who I just met you know, at moonshine a couple of weeks ago, sweet lady, she's going to see the worst in me. That's um... according to Rodney yesterday. We're not going to see her at all. She like, she goes her own direction and just hits the casinos. So oh. Rodney was like, yeah, we will go someplace. And then we go our separate directions. I'm like, all right. All right. That's what gonna be hanging out with, Rodney. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> BK was giving me shit yesterday on the um, on the roundtable at Pluckers because I said that that me and Buck and maybe you like we'd go to do some of the museum things during the daytime. Like I know that you're not a big drinker. Bucky obviously doesn't drink anymore. I'm not looking to t- to start drinking at like ten o'clock every morning. I'm sorry. So there's like other stuff that we can go do. Like I want to go see the the jazz museum, the history of jazz museum. Because New Orleans is the birthplace of jazz. I bet that's a really cool museum. The World War II Museum. I've, I've been there before. It's a cool museum, too. Like, there's stuff that doesn't necessarily involve just shoving drinks down your throat that really adds to the overall New Orleans experience. See, I don't drink in Austin, New Orleans. Your boy's going to be sipping a little bit. Bro, okay. I'll drink on vacation. This is a vacation. Even though we'll be working and I plan to be – you know, on air and very present when we go live at Manning's Sunday and Monday, your boy will be very lit. And it's going to be on and popping. Like, this is New Orleans, baby. 
It's just changed the script just a little bit. All right. Well, that's good to know because I was. It's not like I was going to be a teetotaler while there. Well, there's definitely going to be some other things happening. But uh, that's going to be some other things happening. Yeah, I definitely got the goodies too. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely going to be out here. So very yes, excited man. about that. <laughs> man, hey, I'm bringing my beads too because wifey ain't coming. She already gave me the okay to maybe see a topless woman or two you know what i'm saying so yeah oh this is going to have more worth in new orleans than any amount of money in my pockets you understand me right now putting this baby head around my neck it's gonna draw all sorts of attention from people (laughs) damn they don't catch yeah i'm that's what I'm there for. I'm there to, to help protect against that. Thank you. No, I'll be fine, DJ. No divorce here. He's no going to be fine. Yes, I will be fine. I appreciate it. So how much, like, what sort of beads do you have? You just have your standard Mardi Gras beads? Is that what yeah. you're bringing? Or is there a special set of beads that you're popping out? Well, I don't have them now. I need to find some. Oh. But I'll definitely be on the bead hunt for All sure. Right. Especially New Year's Eve. Oh my goodness! I'll be throwing them things out like Trump throwing around those uh, when he was shooting the toilet paper. <laughs> Puerto Rico, shooting loads of bread in Puerto Rico after yeah, hurricane the entire island. I'll be shooting these like that, baby. Absolutely. You know what we should do? One of us should go to Party City tonight. Because the you'll find beads at a fair price and good beads too at a fair price at Party City. You get into the state of Louisiana, all of a sudden you're getting upcharged times like five to ten. Good point. I will do that. I will be at Party. Why would I get off this show? I got a couple of errands to run. Prepare for tomorrow. Party City will definitely be hitting that up. Party City, here we go. Absolutely. Are you a hurricane guy? Or do you like a, the hand grenades or the daiquiris, all the New Orleans famous drinks, Patty O'Brien's? Are you into all that? I went to Mardi Gras for like six or seven straight years in my 20s, and I would do hurricanes here and there. I was more of a hand grenade guy, though. See, my problem now is that it's not just drinking the alcohol. If I drink way too many sugary drinks, it is guaranteed that I'm going to be hung over the next day. It's not even about the alcohol. It's much more about just consuming too much sugar. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I am truly trying really hard to pace myself when I'm there. And so that's, that's probably going to mean a little bit more beer, although beer is, beer just makes you feel real blah. If if you drink too much of that too, I don't know. It's probably going to be a lot of gin and sodas. Yeah. I'm going to take the easy way out. What about you? Um, I actually like the sweet drinks, man. Like the hard stuff. I'm a huge puss when it comes to the hard stuff. I'm not a big drinker. So if it's not sweet, I'm going to struggle with it. So that's why you might see me walking around with one of those big ass daiquiris for about three hours, just pacing myself, you know, luckily enough with it being such a big time, like food town, like that eating a lot will help you just kind of dumb you down when it comes to maybe getting too plastered and i'm definitely banking on that like i'm gonna be eating like crazy because battered fried food serves as a booze mob at a certain point too yeah like if you you and i when you and i are together and we go past tropical isle i will get a hand grenade for old time's sake i can't guarantee that i'll get a hurricane i just don't like hurricanes all that much but i will do a hand grenade yeah 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 i'm excited man Gonna be fun. Mean at uh, BK's place, I guess, just before eight tomorrow, and then we're off to the races. Like I, I'm glad we're getting on the road a little bit earlier. 
Houston people get uh, two to two plus hours to uh, to get on the road as well. So we're we're certainly going to hit some traffic as we get onto I ten. But the fact that we're leaving in the morning, I think, is going to serve us well as we get deeper into the state of Louisiana. Yeah, yo, I don't care what we're jamming on our way there, but when I'm driving, nothing but Master P and Cash Money. Just because I got to get in that New Orleans mindset. I've been jamming nothing but No Limit shit all week. Like Silk the Shaka and C-Murder. Then I've been going my cash money route with Lil Wayne and Birdman and stuff. So, yeah, I'm totally New Orleans out right now. Magnolia Jax, baby. Was Mystical a part of that crew? Yes, Mystical. Which, yeah. which I don't know if he's it's appropriate to listen to him anymore. What up, KD? He's kind of in the same category I as I Mystical was part of that. You saw me nodding. Yeah, <laughs> Mystical, Mystical got me too, I think. So I, oh, really? Yeah, I think he's doing some time right now because of it. So, oh. you know, I mean, if Mystical happens to come on, some of his best songs were with Master P and those guys. So, you know, make them say, oh, all that shit. Yeah, man. Those are classic. Oh, man. God, Lee, what is it with these hip hop guys and the false imprisonment charges? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got, <laughs> he didn't get me too. He got, he got rung up for fucking crimes. Yeah, there. no, yeah. That no, that that wouldn't me too stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be that nice. That was me. That was me nine stuff. Right? Yeah, I, I was trying yeah. to be nice because we're on air here, but yeah, he was he yeah. was living foul. But yeah. uh, Trey, I'll see you tomorrow. KD, love your brother. Love, love you, fellas. I'll have a great hey, show. Hey, uh, Zay, hand grenades? Really? Yeah. I, uh, what is a hand grenade? It's a drink at the Tropical Isle, which is pretty far down Bourbon Street from Canal. But yeah, you get there, in my opinion. You think, you think I remember any of those days? <laughs> like, I, like, I'm sure I had one, but like, what is a drink? Oh, I, I don't even know. I mean, they they put all sorts of yeah. It's like Everclear yeah. and 151 and yeah. some type of rum, some type of vodka, gin with like melon a little bit. Different type of fruity flavors. It's like a suicide when we're kids. Yeah. For a drink, right? Like an adult suicide. And if you drink a couple of them, they'll blow your ass up too. <laughs> yeah, but all right, fellas. Y'all be cool. In the morning, Zay. Hi, buddy. You ready? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Is there a smudge on part of your camera lens? Probably because I had this away for Christmas in a spot where there's probably was dust. Is that better or no? No, it still looks weird on your left, I think. I like me wiping my kid's mouth with my finger right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what the people want. Yeah. There you go, baby. Yeah, there, there we go. That got it. Okay. Sorry, I was coming back. We were talking at two fifty for business stuff. So, um, reset the computer. Three oh two. Let's go. Right. All right. No. Same thing, man. So but you and I, I 
talked on the phone last night when Oklahoma was in the process of they weren't kicking the crap out of Arizona, but they were winning that game handily. And I stopped watching for a few minutes, and all of a sudden Arizona had taken a lead and ends up winning going away too. How great was that? That was great. So Trey can tell I was tired, and he's trying to ask me like legitimate business questions, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm exhausted. And it's like ten fifteen too, which shows our age. Um, I'm like, dude, just I'll call you tomorrow morning. Um, so I fell asleep on the couch, woke up. It was 24-13 when we were talking, right? Yes. Yep. It was 31-24 Arizona when I woke up. I told you they're good, man. 10-win season? Come on. They're good, and I don't know what to make of Oklahoma going forward. Obviously, they just got gouged in the transfer portal. They were starting... Uh, they were starting the latest five-star quarterback to commit to play there, who has served as the backup for most of the season. It was uh, Jackson Arnold who started the game last night, correct? Right, yeah. Big arm. Started as a true freshman against Westlake um, mm. in the state final game. And or came or not started, came in after the uh, starter got injured after one possession and came in and... He was, he was 15, so I didn't put much against them, but I've never been sold. And he put up pretty good numbers last night, except for those three interceptions. And that was fumbles, too. So. Oh, did he fumble the football as well? Yeah. Sure enough, lost a fumble. Jaleel Farouk lost a couple of two. Yeah, you can't turn the ball over six times and and win a game, even a game that you have a lead like that, like they did in the third quarter. Great. Yeah, I mean, both teams, it was actually a pretty good game. I mean, it was was 13-0 and then, what, 13 or 21 or 24-13. They went back and forth, um, like 24-25 point runs. Um, pretty good game, but Oklahoma, I, I will say this, you can never really tell good or bad about the next, uh, year with, with any bowl games now or spring games. You don't know with transfer portal, all that. So, but I'm not, you know, Jackson Arnold has a big arm. He's talented, but I'm not sold. Yeah, and I think that there are legitimate questions about this coaching staff right now too and their ability to to keep this team engaged week in and week out because they I mean they peaked with that Texas game in Dallas. And after that they had some serious issues dropping multiple games in a row at a certain point when they were not seemingly they were in the driver's seat to make it back to a final Big 12 championship game but their season fell apart in the second half. Yep. They've once again, just like, I guess it was two off seasons ago. This was less the case last year, but when Lincoln Riley left, they got crushed by the transfer portal. And that has been happening to them again over these last couple of weeks now as well. Yeah, no, um, you know, Texas is in the best spot to survive all this, but they're going to be weird, weird things we haven't seen. I mean, Georgia has seen this to where you're in a good spot you would think, and you still lose people that you wouldn't have in 
1998, you know? Yeah. Did Fox wrongly? Yes, they did. What the hell? I was, so I was driving around, you and I are talking and trying to finish off some errands and work stuff. And someone texted me and said, did Frank Thomas die? So he's had to respond about it now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry. My ex-employer Fox would be this irresponsible on national TV this morning. Yes, I'm alive and doing well. This blows my mind also. Oops. Different Frank Thomas. Yeah, not good. Yeah, he was. um, So I remember Frank Thomas as a tight end at Auburn his freshman year, and he was that big then. He was the one guy during the whole 90s steroid thing that I never, I I don't think him or Griffey did that. Griffey may have, but I mean, there are so many other guys who are in the Hall of Fame right now that I'd be like, I know they did that. Yep. Whether it's Bagwell, Biggio, Pudge, obviously, your Ranger, you know, Jim Tomey, guys like that. It's like Andrew Jones. It's like, get that line. What, is Tommy is Tommy definitely on that list? He's another one of those guys who is a big boned dude, but it also wouldn't surprise me because it was that era of baseball. Probably, and that's that's the problem. Is that I say probably, so I wouldn't take him to court. But I'm, this is not court. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, so Frank Thomas and Griffey would be the two. I'd be like, no, I don't buy it. Yeah, like even Jeff Bagwell, Astros fans get upset when you say Jeff Bagwell, but Jeff Bagwell is my favorite player. Yeah. A teenager, and I can say, yeah, there's a really good chance that he was, I mean, just look at the guy's forearms. Right. Or look at him. Productive. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't also an exceptional baseball player. One of the best base runners of all time, a guy who didn't have elite speed. Great baseball player. He had the unique stance as well. He was a good And a Hall of Famer. And and like, steroid deal is different though. If you want to get if you want to play that card, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was also in the Red Sox double A system and hitting 12 home runs or whatever. I mean, you know, there's some Albert Pujols, 13th round JC kid. All right, you know. Well, really good friends and, and a phenomenal players. baseball player, too. Really good <laughs> friends and training partners with Ken Caminetti. That's unfair. That's unfair. Um that's associated. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you up to? How's Friday? Friday's good. Did the cold plunge workout thing at the gym a little bit earlier today. Good. Got, uh, had a couple of interviews today. One with Marlon Wayans, the actor and stand-up comedian. He's putting a lot of effort into getting good at stand-up comedy right now. He's actually going to be in Austin at Cap City Comedy Club next weekend. He was doing that forever. So, you know, like the first stand-up I really loved was in Living Color. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, you start up top, but Kim Wayne's, Damon Wayne. Damon Wayne's is my favorite. Marlon, uh, Sean, you know, who was the DJ early on. And Damon, in my opinion, and I talked with Marlon about this today, he is a guy who never 
achieved his full potential as a stand-up. He was one of the, the underrated best stand-ups of the 1990s. But according to Marlon, he stopped doing it because he just didn't want to have to deal with the blowback of him telling his jokes like he needed to. And I understand that being a concern five, ten years ago. We're at a point now where a guy like Damon Wayans, now he would have to knock some rust off, but he would absolutely wreck shop if he were to get back into that sort of groove. But Marlon was, he grew up as a trained actor. The stand-up thing he did for a little bit as a teenager, but as he put in his most recent special on Netflix, where the entire special is about the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap at the 2022 Oscars. It's hilarious, though, because he had personal relationships with all three of the people involved. He got heckled out of doing stand-up comedy after doing it 50 or 60 times as a teenager by Chris Rock, who could just completely shit on a set that he was doing at Laugh Factory or someplace in in uh, California, I believe. And so literally within the last like 10 to 12 years now, he's gotten back into stand-up, and I think he's put three specials out at this point. It's it's uh, it's entertaining for sure. It's also uh, an interesting version of what he's doing because it's part stand-up, part one-man show. There's definitely a performative element to it as well, but he's just a really good storyteller, and he's kind of tying all the tools that he's learned over the years as an entertainer into his version of stand-up comedy. Very cool. When is that uh, airing? Going to air it on the radio show next Wednesday. Cool. And it'll be made available on Books on Pod after that too. And I may try and find a way to play it on this channel as well. So just stay tuned for that. Okay. Um. All right, so got the Waynes, the Waynes family, man. And Living Color was so underrated. Like, that was, you know, Mr. Show's the best sketch comedy I've ever seen by far. But Living Color would be right there with, you know, SNL has always been throughout our whole lifetime, even. They're not the same. I honestly think they're not the same now because they, they can't play both sides and they're not funny. Um, but for a lot of our lifetime, even like when, when David Spade, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Kevin Nealon, uh, you name it, uh, Rob Schneider were on there. We were being told by the older generation, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. You should have seen it with Belushi and Gilda Radner and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. And it was still really funny. Um, you know, but in Living Color was groundbreaking. Yeah, there started a there was a a nepotistic element I think that started to come into play over the last few years, and that led to some really talented people leaving, like Tommy Davidson, I believe, and I want to say Jim Carrey was doing less at the end as well. Now he had started yeah. to move into movies too, but I agree with you that that was like top to bottom a really good show. Like the the ebbs of that show weren't nearly as drastic as what we've seen on a Saturday Night Live over the years. And good exposed to yeah. Saturday Night Live. So I don't know what Saturday Night Live is right now. I've seen a couple of the updates with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. And I was never a fan of Colin early on. Like he's kind of coming to his own now, but those two guys together are really funny. Like they did mm-hmm. the the joke swap, the Christmas joke swap. And so uh, Colin was having to do some some racially charged jokes that were pretty funny. So that that bit is is entertaining. I just don't know what the rest of the show is right now because that's just not what I'm looking to watch 
at that time on a Saturday night. Maybe if it's the right guest, I would consider doing it, but that show screwed up royally. I want to say it was three or four years ago when they initially hired Shane Gillis as a member of the, I think it was a cast member, not as a part of the writer's room, but something was uncovered where Gillis had, done an Asian voice I want to say I forget the uh, the totality of it but it was like on a podcast it's clearly clear that it was being do- done in a joking manner but that was also at that time that people were getting canceled left and right for anything that was seen as being racially out of bounds and right. so he got canceled well Shane Gillis goes on to become one of the most popular stand-up comedians in modern times and SNL became a fucking joke after that because it was very clear that they were trying to cater to this uh, this this uh, hyper DEI ideology where the people that they were bringing in had to check certain boxes versus what is at the foundation of SNL, and that's just making sure to bring really funny people together and people who are available to hit all sides of a given issue. Yep. Um, comedy has obviously changed, uh, you know, a ton, and that's part of it, so... We talked about this last week, and I told you that I was going to try and find an answer regarding my kids, and that yeah. had to do with uh, the the uh, special brand of strength that our uh, special needs kids had back in the 1990s. What do you got? The term, it was an accurate term. It's an ugly term, but it was also a very accurate term. It lets you know exactly what was going on. The term was retard strength. Well, I asked my kids about that, if that is a term that is still... Uh, bandied about in modern times since apparently kids are calling one another gay and retarded again, which I talked to my kids about it. I'm like, look, like just try and be a little bit more creative if you can. Like you, you understand that there are different meanings to words. That's good. That's healthy. You try to be a little bit more creative than, uh, than, than leaning on those words over and over again, because it'll it'll serve you well over time. Right. But I asked them, I'm like, so back in the '90s, uh, our special needs kids—they had a—they uh, had a special strength about them. Like, do you guys are you guys familiar with this? And so my daughter is like, yeah, one of the special needs in my class. When he gets really upset, he'll start flipping desks over, and everybody has to go into the <laughs> area of the classroom where we have to go if there's an active shooter situation. I'm like, oh, so it does sound like there is a version of this going on. Like, is there a special name or a special label? this person's strength when this happens and she's like no i don't think you're like goading her into this all this no no but i'm trying to figure it out without you know i maybe i'm leading the witness just a little bit but i'm also trying to word into the witness's mouth too she didn't necessarily have that word though and neither did my son so i guess the moral of this story is the term retard strength at least in Second and third grade at Rick Perry Elementary School in Cedar Park. Good. It's not a thing just yet. Good for them. Thumbs up, double thumbs up, or I guess with both kids, like, you know, whatever the R strength thumbs up would be. <laughs> Big thumbs up right now. It, it, no, yeah, exactly. Your thumbs up. What's up, Ike? Man, good to see you, man. I talked to Ike for like two two seconds at Pluckers because I was on the air. We tried to switch off and talk to people, but. Good to see Ike, man. Got to see Ike. Got talked to Ike for a good while. We all need to go grab a meal together soon, but need to give Ike. We, we keep on saying that, but we have to soon. No, I'm I'm serious about that. Yeah. We, we yeah. should because just like you and I, Ike 
and his wife Michelle, they're big food fans. So we just need to find yeah. a good place to go, or maybe it can just be a guy's deal. And uh, go, go grab a good meal in Austin proper. Ike will come in from Lago Vista. I'll come in from Cedar Park. And yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have a night of it. But I need to give Ike a big thanks because he is amongst our many Domino's, baby. sponsors to New Orleans. Thank you. Ike owns uh, four different locations in and around Lago Vista. Uh, Domino's, they have some great deals that they're offering up. Uh, I, look, I understand that I am not the uh, best diplomat for pizza but guess what dirty little secret about me i freaking love pizza it is a weakness of mine give me one second my kids given a choice when we get pizza delivered here we get pizza delivered from domino's the domino's that's right down the road from us so you should check them out as well they do a great job with the online ordering they obviously have an app too and domino's is one of the many sponsors of texas sports unfiltered they actually have the this Pepperoni stuffed cheesy bread that is brand new on the menu. It's making my mouth water just thinking about that. Pepperoni pizza is my favorite. It is a part of the menu at Domino's now. It's the perfect mouth-watering side for movie nights, Longhorn game night, or when you're just craving melty cheese and pepperoni. So try Domino's new pepperoni stuffed cheesy bread. Next time you place an order, taste buds will thank you. Also need to give a little bit of love to my friend Brian Hummel. HummelRealtor.com. That's the website that you need to know. Guess what? It's interesting to watch things here in Central Texas. Over the last year, the housing market had actually slowed down, relatively speaking. But guess what? Signs are pointing to things returning to what we're used to in Austin. That's why whether you're searching for your dream home here in town, or maybe you're curious about how much your home is worth, you need to look no further than my friend Brian Hummel, your trusted Austin realtor with Realty One Group Prosper. Brian is more than just a realtor. He's a full-service expert overseeing your entire transaction from start to finish. He'll lead you through each step of the buying or selling process with questions answered and details explained in plain English. With over two decades in Austin, Brian has witnessed the dynamic growth and evolution of the Central Texas market, making him your reliable and invaluable resource for buying, selling, and investing. And as a certified real estate negotiator, Brian brings a strategic and skillful approach to bargaining. He secures the best deals, whether it's getting the highest price for a seller or the most favorable terms for a buyer. When you choose Brian Hummel as your realtor, you're not just hiring a real estate expert. You're gaining a trusted partner committed to your success. Contact Brian today at 512-619-1347. That's 619-1347. Or log on to HummelRealtor.com. That's H-U-M-M-E-L Realtor.com. Brian Hummel, Realty One, the one you need. And thank you to Brian and everybody else for helping us out and getting to and from New Orleans this weekend. That includes our buddy Steve with Pest Wranglers as well. KD, we hung out with Steve a little bit more than a week ago, grabbed a great meal at Mama Betty's, went to a Texas Stars game after that. Pest Wranglers have been getting it done here in Austin since 2006. Steve is a huge believer in people. He makes sure to treat people well. That includes his employees. In turn, his employees treat you, the customer, exceptionally. That's why they have so many five-star ratings and reviews through Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. Pest Wranglers will take care of those pest problems. They'll make sure they leave your company satisfied. Go to pestwranglers.com to find out more info or to get that free quote for Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. You met, you actually, so we've known Steve forever, but really hung out with him. And like, he's such a good dude. But like, he is like soft, 
salt of the earth type person. Yeah. Like, you know, gets along with everyone. Everyone knew him at the Stars game. By the way, the Stars game, how fun was that? I've been to those before. My kids love them. I was glad to be with you for your first Stars game. because it was great. It was great. It was high-level hockey and fun. And it really reminded me of, like, UT baseball fans in the 80s. It's this is small- not... This is not Austin Ice Bats hockey that's happening at the HEB Center. And there was a yeah. an inter- Which I appreciated, by the way. I appreciated that for what it was. There were five fights a game, and it was a lot of fun going out to the convention center on the rodeo grounds. But these guys are literally a step away from the NHL. There were guys that we yeah. a week and a half ago that will be playing in the NHL this season on both sides. Yeah. And you could see that right away walking up. But with Steve, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I can see why Steve and Pest Wranglers has turned into what they have in Austin. Because you trust them. And they're like, they're real Austin people. Steve and I went and saw Ron White at the Comedy Mothership earlier this week. Before that, we went to a place called Not a Damn Chance Burger. I don't know if you've heard of this place or not. It's started by the guy who started sushi by scratch which is out at hyatt lost pines now and then also pasta bar atx it's maybe the best burger in austin dude it was insane the fries were really good to boot what made it so good they use a uh, wagyu beef there's a couple of patties they use a good melty american cheese it's just uh it's just That'll work. It's What's the a trim. bun? It doesn't What's quite melt out, but it has that feel about it. It's not like you're having to, to chew on this tough piece of meat for like two minutes just to 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 get it down. Like it's just the the food dissolves in your mouth. It's that damn good. It's you know it's it's a burger and fries. But when we walked away from there, I didn't feel sluggish like I just eaten a burger and fries from a certain place. You know? Yeah. No. What type of uh, bun? You're talking. I think just a standard hamburger bun. It may, yeah. it may be brioche. I don't know, but it just felt like a, a regular hamburger bun from H-E-B, let's say. All right, that'll work. Seeds or no seeds or... No seeds on the bun. Mm-hmm. They only offer the burger one way. You can't do any modifications, which might annoy some people, but I rolled... Whoa, 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 whoa. So we put pickles on there? I don't like pickles? You can't take pickles off? You can take the pickles off yourself. Oh, fuck you. Let me, let me see if bucks for there are. Or, I mean, you know. Um, all right. I'll check that out. So not a damn chance burger is a Wagyu double cheeseburger between collaboration between a skateboarder and Michelin starred chef Philip Franklin Lee. Okay. So there you go. It's six ounces of Iron Table Premium Wagyu Beef, American Cheese, Secret Sauce, Onions, Pickles, and Jalapenos. Sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve is the uh, definitely the man. Uh, when's your next comedy show? Thinking of going and seeing Damon Wayans, I'm sorry, Marlon Wayans at Cap City next Friday. It'll be the late show. I really want to see where he is because he's turning material over really fast. Like he just recorded another hour back in late November, I want to say in dealing with the grief of losing both of his parents in a short amount of time. But he told me that he's already moved on to the next subject. And so I asked him what that was. And he's like, I don't know. I've got a couple of hours 
One has to do with Skittles. And he said, Skittles and coming to terms with my uh, teenage kid transitioning. That was Lamar Odom's autobiography, actually. Skittles and my my kid transitioning. Remember, because he he was eating Skittles like for every meal. Oh, that's right. Forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. The other part just kind of fit in, but um, but yeah. But Marlon, Marlon was the one with Damon on Mo Money, right? Mid nineties. Yes. CC Dash. Yep. Wait. I, I don't that. remember. I don't remember if he did Mo Money or not. Actually, he was I in White Kicks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Damon and Marlon. Okay, did White Chicks, Little Man. Never saw White Chicks. Never saw Little Man. Requiem for a Dream. Lady Killers. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff over the years, and now he's getting into it with stand-up comedy. Check out, check him out. CapCityComedyClub.com. I'm sorry, CapCityComedy.com. The VIP tickets for the early shows, Friday, Saturday, and then the one show on Sunday are sold out, but Cap City is a beautiful spot. It probably doesn't get enough love considering how great a job the Helium people have done in reviving that club. They put it in the domain, so it's no longer in an armpit part of town. There's a cool little balcony how area. How dare you, by the way. I, look, the, I, I love going to shows at that club. That club, though, is in just a shitty part of town, though, unfortunately. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not that far north of me. It's not. It's not totally shitty for what Austin is now. It, yeah, it was. That was a shitty area. You got homeless people fucking tracking around and fucking huddo, dude. Like, I mean, that's fair. There's a lot of shitty spots of Austin. In Austin proper, it was not in a great location just because it wasn't really around a whole lot. Like you had the elevated highway right there. On one side, the other side, like you could get over to Anderson. No, I mean, everything you're saying is actually right, but whatever. I got to protect my hood, you know? I would say that's a little bit north and west of your hood. Like I would give you all the way up to North Lamar where it meets 183, but that's a little bit off of North Lamar too. So that great Vietnamese place that you took me, that you and Augie would go to from time to time. Yeah. It's a bit of a drive from there. Like it's closer to the, uh, to the Asia town that's right over there. Where the yeah. original ramen Tatsuya is, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably backing them up more because I like those spots and I like that area. Um, but you're right. Um, so the domain, the domain though, has its own problems with parking and crime, breaking into cars and everything. So where is it in the domain? Like in the middle, where all the condos are and bars and like a poor man's sixth street back in the day, or is it like off that? The entrance is technically facing. There's a steakhouse right there. Fleming steakhouse. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. So the club runs along the outside of the domain, the side that's closest to Mopac, but over there, there is a decent amount of parking actually. So especially if you're going for an earlier show, and let's say you want to grab dinner, like a 5 or 5.30 dinner at one of the good restaurants in the domain before going to a 7 o'clock show. You can usually find decent parking. But okay. they also have garages all over the place at this point, too. I hadn't heard about break-ins or other crime happening in the domain. It's it's not that surprising, I guess, uh, because it's people walking around leisurely, and there are some desperate folks out there, unfortunately. But the that Cap City Club... 
is if the comedy mothership wasn't in town, that club would be getting a ton of love for just how beautifully it's set up. I mean, the acoustics, the overall comedy club aesthetics are as good as the mothership in my opinion, but it's also isolated from the four or five clubs that are within like a six blocks block radius downtown. Yeah, that's my next comedy show. I've got a bunch of comedy shows lined up. Just be really selfish with this if we want to. I've got um went to the Ron White and Friends. Dan Soder, that's in March. Going to see Ari Shafir. That's at the end of January, I believe, at the mothership. Take BK. Taking BK to Mark Normand, which is also in March. Ari, come on. Oh, Jew? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. If you want to go, you and I can go to Ari. Yeah. I forget if I got four tickets for that. If I got four tickets, then the three of us and somebody else can go. So. Um, Cool. So you're busy as always then, pretty much. Too much, too much going on. Too much going on. So, did you watch Arizona OU last night, like the end or no? Because we got off the phone, and I fell asleep. And did you watch or no? Dude, I turned it off after that. I woke, I turned it off and started watching something else. And then I woke up at like one in the morning, falling asleep on the couch, and just checked the score to see how much Oklahoma won by, and saw that Arizona had actually pulled off the comeback. So unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, but I'm also not that engaged in bowl season right now either. Like it's just bowl season has turned into what college basketball is. Like there's just yeah. I'm not familiar with the rosters at this point in the year. Unfortunately, because a lot of guys have decided to move. There have been changes in coaching staffs, entire coaching staffs out, where you have these quality control, offensive and defensive assistants responsible for things now. Yeah, like, two nights ago were A and M and Oklahoma State. Like, why did A and M? I guess you don't really have that option. You want to get that payday. A and M should have opted out of that game. They should have faked COVID or something. Yeah, they didn't have to play in that game, especially once their starting quarterback went out. A play into the game, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, pretty much. But A and M's at a spot where you have a interim coach bring him in. Oko does look funny on national TV on some of these bowl games that he's appeared. I'm like, that's not, not that Jimbo or Sumlin or the flashy guy is going to bring you W's that you really want. But I don't know. There, there's something not hitting the sniff test. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that pyre could turn out to be okay. And it could turn out it to be good. He could be in over his head considering just how much is expected at AM. Right. Um, you know, it's easy to say that a school has resources. You should be successful here or there, but that, that doesn't always fit a guy's personality. Like Elko might be the sort of guy who's going to find his best successes at a place like Duke where there's a little bit less pressure and you, you do more with less. Like that's, that's where you're at your best is, is doing more with less versus bringing four or five star recruiting classes in where you've got these guys who have a certain entitlement about them and you don't understand how to get through on that. Now he was good as a defensive coordinator there. So he has at least some idea of what to expect and maybe uh, some thoughts on how to actually go about those things. But yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens with Mike Elko there over the next two to three years. 
Yeah, I will too. Hopefully he, you know, kind of like not wanting to get Jimbo fired this year. Hopefully it's like just good enough and like seven and five. And, you know, we see a lot, you know, we're going to keep on going, keep on going. And they've done the same to us when we've done that. So. So up until a couple of weeks ago, I was watching this Texas team this year and listening and seeing Longhorn fans chirp about how we're ready to go to the SEC. And I was not so certain about that. It, it, I didn't think that this would be a one-year aberration, but I also knew that this program was going to have to replace a lot once we got to the offseason. There's a good chance that your top four wide receivers or top four pass catchers, excuse me, are going to be going to the NFL draft, losing some key pieces on the defensive side of the ball, including your two interior defensive linemen who pro football focus-wise were the two best at their position this year in college football. But over the last few weeks now, as we've watched this Texas staff not only prepare for that semifinal game against Washington on Monday, but also finish off a top three to five high school recruiting class then just crush it in the recruiting portal, not just getting talented guys, but getting talented guys at positions of need for next year. I am feeling better about the chances of Texas taking this year's success and carrying it over into the SEC next year. I am too. I mean, I think the SEC has been as down as it has been in, hell, 30 years. So, um, like, don't look at, this current SEC this year and think, oh, we could do that. Um, But yeah, I mean, for what the SEC in our mind the last, most of those 30 years has been, yeah, they're as well positioned to do that. And probably a lot better than OU. Um, Like, I don't, I'm not buying Venables. I'm not selling them necessarily, but I'm not buying them. I'm buying Sarkeesian more than I'm buying Venables. He's in that holding pattern that you were hoping for with Mike Elfco just a few minutes ago. Yeah, kind of. Where um, Oklahoma people want to see him succeed, so it's giving him a little bit more leeway with regards to some of the weird things that you've watched over the last two seasons where it's like, this feels like a pretty big sign that this guy is not going to be the dude. Yeah, pr- uh, pretty much. But keep that going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's rare that, you know, I don't have two ex-girlfriends that I hate and think about all the time, but, or two ex-wives, put it that way, with buddies of mine that, you know, that are stealing all their money they've worked for and earned, and, like, it's totally changed your life. So, this Christmas was, they're having really bad relationships, and they're in a bad spot in life, and I'm crushing it. And that, as a Texas fan, that's what it felt like, you know. OU and and AM or AM especially, but even OU. I mean, OU's in a weird spot. I mean, think about how good OU's been from 2000 on in our lifetime. Like, it's probably the best offense in 23 years, year in and year out that we've that we've seen. If you would have asked me back when the announcement was made that Texas and OU were going to the SEC, which program would be facing more question marks as they embarked on that new conference, I would have told you Texas, no question. But we've had a a complete flip of the script here. Now the questions are being asked about Oklahoma. They're legitimate. Sooners fans are trying to be patient, but they also know 
you can't fall too far behind considering what the competition is about to be because otherwise you're going to get caught up in that cycle yeah. of trying to play catch up every couple of years where you really need to give a coach three to four years to really, really start assert his culture and his influence on a program. Much like with Texas right now with Steve Sarkeesian. Not going to say Sark got lucky here because they, you know, he was building to where you were going to start to see that success in either year three or four, but uh, they've, they've done a great job of uh, making sure all the right things are happening to where even in an off season where they lose a Bijan Robinson and a Roshan Johnson, they're still really good running the football because they're starting to take care of uh, what really matters most with that uh, other than the running back. And that's getting the offensive line, right? They obviously have the defensive line, going in a great direction and just the defense on the whole, getting a guy like Pete Kwiatkowski in who doesn't really have head coaching aspirations. He may be fine serving as this team's DC for as long as he's getting along with Sark and the rest of this coaching staff. And his reputation is somebody who gets along with people ad nauseum. So there's a chance that he is just Sark's DC as long as Sark remains the head coach here at Texas. And that's, that's another one of those things that just, uh, has me and plenty of others believing that what Texas is doing right now is, is something that's truly sustainable over time. Oh, one down, one to go kidding around, but I was coming back here. And so I, I was paying attention to it, but Notre Dame up 33, nothing on Oregon state, little payback for Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada and that bowl game. Not really, but. Oh, did they play in a bowl game? 15, 20 years ago? Oh, God. And Oregon State pistol whipped them. And that Oregon State team, there were 29 pistols on the sideline. So, it, I mean, like it, that was one of the most gangster Miami back in the day. You know, you know, Colorado, like half are in, you know, Crips or Bloods. Well, Sam Hartman is not playing in that game for Notre Dame, correct? Who is y'all's quarterback? I don't know because I've been doing this. I got back and right away. So I've I've had it on, but I'm not really sure. I mean, Steve Steve Angeli is the guy's name. Okay. So the next quarterback, though, is going to be Riley Leonard. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they they brought Dimbrock from LSU as the OC. Yes, they did. Boy, Kelly must be one big asshole. Then Brock follows him down there as the only guy to really follow him down there and then ends up saying, you know what, <laughs> I'm done. Reese was his OC at Notre Dame, though. What what did Pembrock do for that offense? He was, I mean, he stayed with an offensive line coach. He was an offensive assistant and I think wide receivers coach. Or, I mean, did some different things. He was there for a long time, actually. In two different stints, too. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's coming back, and you didn't have Jaden Daniels and those two receivers, so know that, you know. Riley Leonard, different different type of player, of course. But Riley Leonard, uh, when he's healthy, uh, is a sort of dual threat. Yeah. So he's he's got something to work with there. But yeah, it's uh, no secret that Brian Kelly is a colossal asshole and hard to work for. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I would say, you don't have neighbors and Thomas, the two receivers. You don't have two six three, six four guys who, you know, I mean, if you looked at the two best duos in the country are LSU 1 and probably Ohio State 2. And the best trios are probably Washington, Texas, and Arizona. They showed that last, 
Arizona can play. Their offensive line's very average and got worse with a guy being out last night because they had to ship two other guys. But Arizona's a team, which would be fun in the 12-team playoff. Fun, I say that. Someone's going to win at 9-3, and three and I'll never respect them. You know, I'll, I'll treat them like a like a mean hooker, um, you know, down the road. But someone's going to win at 9-3 and three with that type of team who just got hot late. You'll treat them like you're a mean hooker or like they're a mean hooker? They're a mean hooker. Okay. Yeah. No, no respect. Rodney Dangerfield. Back to school, baby. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, no, it will. Um, and, you know, it, that'll be when I'm probably totally done with the sport. But we got a long way to go. So, I hope not. No, I mean, I won't. I mean, I'll, I'll threaten that, but I won't follow through. We see not, wild card teams. Sport. <laughs> we see wild card teams winning in entirely too many sports now. Like the Rangers are a great example of that, right? They got hot at the perfect time. Right. Even though the talent disparity is going to be a little bit greater in college football, it's bound to happen. Where a team that is essentially a wild card, they're the 11 or 12 seed, they benefit from playing that first week. They're healthy at the right time. And they, whatever that path is, they are able to make it all the way to a championship. I, I don't think that's going to happen in the first like five to 10 years of the playoff, though. It probably won't. And and for people that are like, wait a minute, you like all those other sports. Kevin, you love baseball. Yeah. I also love that Calvin is sweet as hell and Vivian's brilliant. Not to say Calvin's not brilliant and Vivian's not sweet. I, You know, it's okay to not have everything the same. Okay. You can like different things of day. I love I mean, one of the things that's always separated college football for me is that the regular season means more than any other sport. College basketball, college baseball in 1988. All the three pro sports I liked. That's okay. And that's going to completely change. It, it just will. Go look at the last 20 years in the top 12 teams in the country and tell me that most of them should have been competing for a national championship. Fuck you. They were awful in October. Brutal. Lost three games in October. Lost three games in October? Yep. Any injuries? Not really. Just played like piss. But they're your national champion. Shut up. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what separated college football. It always did. I think that the regular season. Now I'm with you. When you're talking about a nine and three team, that that is a that is a tough. That's gonna happen, bro. Nine and three teams are gonna be in there, man. It is competing for a national championship. But I think that the regular season continues to matter more. Continues to matter more, but for more teams versus a handful of teams that remain undefeated into mid-November, right? There. Yeah. No, I, I've done the other thing in my mind. You know me. Yeah. And the other part is just as appealing in different ways. Meaning a 12-team playoff and what that'll mean in November in certain games and that wouldn't have mattered. So I've done all the math. It, it'll probably be close, but let me be an old man and, and talk about my dead cat and, and how much I love Stewie, all right? 
So when you get the playoff going, more postseason games matter. So more more bowl games matter. But the non-playoff bowl games will somehow matter even less. Yeah. Like I don't see how they continue on this path. And I realize that they have sponsorships that help pay the contracts for the teams that compete in the fucking Pop-Tarts Bowl or the Hellman Mayonnaise Bowl or the French's Mustard Bowl or the Holland Weed Eater Bowl. Those are very smart. So I've been working from home for the most part in the morning and local news anchors like chicks who don't know or dudes don't know anything about sports. They'll bring that story up. The Pop-Tart Bowl with the dude coming out and then the real Pop-Tart coming out. That was all over news, national and local news with rubes who don't know shit about football. It was a great gimmick. First edible mascot. So Kansas State players got to eat the fucking mascot last night after they won that game. <laughs> but that's what it's that's what it's come to though. And by the way, nobody watched that fucking game last night. But everybody saw what happened at the end, which is what Pop Tarts wanted. Pop Tarts wanted a pop, no pun intended. And they weren't going to get it from the game. I think it was a ranked matchup, technically. But nobody cares about these bowl games. The only bowl games that people care about, because by the way, people don't even care about the New Year's Six games anymore. No. It's a top 10 matchup that is really hard to care about right now because of all the opt-outs on both sides of the ball. By the way, not the first edible mascot, all right? We hogtied and killed Sebastian the Ibis back in the late 90s and skewed him up. I thought you were going to say the Razorback or something. Yeah, I was going to do that. I didn't have a good one. I'm not enough of a serial killer to even play that role. No, this is a hell of an idea, though. We we need to come up with the uh, the, the most edible map yeah. over time. We should. And it can be both. It can be like I took Hook'em back into the underground of, of you know, the Irwin Center and there were nip dead bodies there, so. Hook'em's probably one of the most edible mascots when we're talking about Hook'em being two or three years old, right? It's like Caprito. Whatever that is for uh, <laughs> for steers. Nope. It's definitely not going to be Reveille. Congratulations, A&M fans. You can put this on your wall of championships. You don't have the most edible mascot. Okay. Yeah, but we are going to have the best quarterback room next year. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Did Skylar Thompson end up at AM, by the way? I don't think so. Um I'm not I'm sorry, not Skylar Thompson, Will Howard. Hold on, give me one sec here. Taking a look now too. Will How oh, wait a second. Will Howard's at Ohio State next year? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. Will Howard at Ohio State. I that's an upgrade over Gary McCord. Uh Will Howard had some weird steps back this year though, and I realize progress isn't always linear. He completely shit the bed at least one game that cost Tyler Thompson's a dolphin. Yeah, you were talking about, yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, Will, I said Skylar Thompson at first because he and Will Howard look right. pretty similar. Same thing. But yeah, Skylar Thompson is uh, Tua's backup, I believe. Yeah, he is. Started an NFL game or two last year, as a matter of fact. But yeah, Will Howard going to Ohio State next year. So I like Will Howard as a player. It's been fun to watch him develop. He was forced into action way too soon because of Skylar Thompson's inability to stay healthy at Kansas State. It was just awful. But we started to see signs of that growth back in 2022 when he was splitting reps with Adrian Martinez. And he became a team captain this year. Overall, he did have a solid season, but it didn't pan out like everybody in Manhattan had hoped. Manhattan folks thought that this Kansas State team should be competing for another Big 12 championship. But he does have one of those on his resume as he takes his football skills to Columbus, I guess. I love G. I love an Oregon State punk indie smiley face. Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, most people did. So, you know, but Notre Dame's punking them right now. 33-8. It'll be interesting to see where Notre Dame goes because they're in a weird spot where if they really want to spin, they can do it legally now, but they haven't done it enough. But they could actually be a, a factor to where I wouldn't, I, I haven't thought they would have been for the last 25 years. You know that. Considering that Riley Leonard was one of the most sought after quarterbacks in the transfer portal this offseason what matt rule said about needing at least uh one and a half to two million dollars to land a qb I'm, I'm guessing that they're starting to figure out that part of the process like jack swarbrick what is he on the job for another year maybe he officially leaves yeah i mean six summer. months a year around there i mean he's been you know he's been complaining about what college sports are turning into and that's not to say he doesn't have valid points but you wonder if that's kind of held them back up to a point, but now the alumni are getting together and saying, look, if we want to stay competitive at this highest level, we have to play this game. There's yeah. no two ways about it. You can either choose to be Dabo Swinney and let everything pass you by and not respect the transfer portal and just basically have your roster gouged in the transfer portal each and every year, or you can adjust. Yeah. No, it's one of the great things about Bama, especially. So if you re if you actually read between the lines or hear stuff, Saban and Bama aren't happy with NIL to a large degree. And neither neither are a lot of SEC teams, which is funny. They've been cheating so hard for so long, so below the table. It's a weed dealer that doesn't want weed legal in his city. That's exactly what it is. And if y'all don't get that. Any of our brothers now or family in the SEC. That's exactly what it, what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, no, don't legalize Coke. Dude, I sell all the Coke here. You're going to make this above board? I've got to compete in competition? All that. Um, but, it, you know, they want it more at an um, underground level. Well, and for a guy like Saban who is – obviously in control like he is, it takes a huge chunk of the control out of his hands would be my guess because you're relying on a lot of other people now to help the machine continue to operate at an efficient manner. By the way, Oregon's duck is on the list of most edible mascots. Oh, I love duck. Oregon State beaver. Who doesn't love to eat a good beaver? 
I love beavers. I would love to pick my beaver for some duck and then go enjoy the beaver. Cal golden bears. You just got to make sure to cook the bear well enough. I don't think I've ever had bear. I haven't either, but I know that if you undercook the bear, it can cause a parasite. I want to say that can literally kill you. Is bear one of those you probably have to like brine it or marinate it for 48 hours and bring out all the just piss and vinegar and everything else there? Let's see. I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing bear would be like a lot of game meat where it separates you and I can really cook for home cooks. We're both of us are good home cooks. We have professional friends guys and girls who do this for a living and it's like all right dude leave it to them like this is you're not reverse searing your ribeye here you're fucking cooking bear so you're supposed to cook black bear oh so they separate black bear and brown bear and all that i guess so yeah every recipe is like black bear and i've heard before that brown bear is not as uh it's not as edible and there's more problems with it no, I mean, I've been with a lot of blacks and browns and eh, it separates, you know, I mean, they're all women, you know, they fucking get pissed off and oh, we're talking bears here. To properly cook black bear meat, it's recommended to cook it to an internal temperature of 160 degrees Fahrenheit. It is not recommended to cook it medium rare as it can cause illness in humans. Bear meat should also be cooked at 375 for 20 to 25 minutes per pound. It's important to follow proper food safety procedures before eating it to avoid catching bear meat parasites. Bear meat is a slice of flavorful red meat that is sweeter and coarse-grained version of venison. Oh, interesting. It's got a it's comparable to venison. Marinated bear yeah, but it's, co- it's coarse-grained compared to that, meaning that it's like rougher. Rougher than venison. Oh, wow. I mean, coarse-grained would would probably tell you that, right? Coarse grain. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You're right about that. And yeah, like then coarse the- salt compared to fine salt and grained. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that makes sense. You're right. Thank you for it's catching. It's probably me. good too. I mean, shit, I'll try it. I'll try just about anything. People are afraid of trying dog. I tried dog. It was humanely harvested and cooked properly. You're kidding. Oh, why would I not try dog? All right, people, this is where I can read the bullshit. And this is a well, a really good sales job. Nothing he's done with his eyes right now, even look like look at every part of because I am I'm studying every part. You did I'm not. On try saying I would try humanely, I'm on record as saying is I would try humanely harvested human. And I'm not kidding about that. I want to know how I know, but you've never tried dogs. I know I've never tried dog. I said I would want to try dog. Oh, I thought you said you had. Okay, gotcha. What are the Asian countries that serve dog? Parts of China. All of them? I don't think it's all of them. Uh, South Korea, maybe. North Korea, certainly. North Korea, definitely. (laughs) Thailand, perhaps. There are places where dog is, I don't know if it's a delicacy. but. Macau, if you owe them money. (laughs) 
I, mean, I would be more likely to want to eat dog than cat. I don't want to eat either because I love both. So, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll eat a ton. I, I'll, I'm going to put it right there. Our mascot is a steer, but you eat beef all the time, all the time. I'd eat horse. Um, I've eaten young stuff, you know, like cabrito, getting back to that. And so got no problem with it, but dog and cat, man, I can't. You just had too many close relationships with dogs and cats. Yes. To where like, uh, there's many of them that I look back on at 45 and cry about at night. If I do cry that they're gone as human beings. So yes, call me a pussy, call me, you know, 21st century, call me whatever. You got me. But no, I'm not eating that. I mean, if I'm starving, I would. I'd eat you if I was starving. I guess I'm going to return that pet pig that I'd gotten you for Christmas. (laughs) No, that's the other thing. So the funny thing is like, you know, I petted ducks, you know, had a girlfriend. Had a little rabbit, little rabbit. We play with and shits everywhere, pellets everywhere. It's like I ever go out to dinner. What are you getting? Probably bunny heads and rabbit. Bunny heads are a Szechuan province thing. It's a delicacy, and they bang their head. You know. So I've done stuff foie gras. I mean, I've eaten a lot of stuff that, as an animal person, does not. I mean, you could a hundred percent call me a hypocrite and say none of this matches up. None of this aligns. Well, that's my problem. Not my problem. That's your problem and my deal. Okay. Well, if you ever have the opportunity to eat me, then I give you full permission to do so. When I tried to, and you close your your legs, you know. So we're an hour and 15 minutes into this, and we haven't really talked Texas, Washington yet. What are your current prevailing thoughts on this Monday night matchup that we're all champing at the bit to get to 40 to eight Notre Dame here. And now they're putting, what are those, what bowl game have they been playing in some bowl, but what are those peanuts or seeds? Tony, the tiger bowl. So it's probably frosted flakes. I mean, do we have to do this shit? Got mayo being poured over a guy. Um, it's only going to get worse. Pop tarts coming out of a fake toaster. It's only going to get worse. Hopefully, the Cotton Bowl doesn't make the mistake that it did uh, back in 1990 and throw cotton at players for either team, like they did the uh, the players on that Miami team that ended up beating the shit out of Texas. Yeah. Um... In terms of UT and, and Washington, um, I mean, I honestly believe this, if I had to rank of all four or the other three teams who I'd feel most comfortable UT playing, I'd say one Michigan. I feel good about that. Semi, final, best matchup for us. Yeah. Not sold by McCarthy, not super explosive. They're all about running between the tackles. Bring it. You beat us. You got us. Um, Bama two and probably Washington three. Bama and Washington are right there because I think Bama has gotten a lot better since Texas beat them in Tuscaloosa. But I, this is kind of one of those where 
we could end up losing. And I'd say we had as good a chance to win it, win or lose as anyone. Um, so I, I guess I feel okay, but like I, nothing's going to take away the fact the secondary's not been good this year. And that is by far what Washington does at a top level, top notch national level better than anyone or as well as anyone. Yeah, and it's it's layered to how good they are as a passing football team because Penix is accurate all over the field, throws deep a ton, and has success doing so. And they do a great job of protecting him as well. This Washington offensive line, they're top 10 in terms of fewest sacks allowed this year, fewest pressures allowed. And Penix, even though he's not as capable a runner now like he was at Indiana before he suffered two different knee injuries. Yep. His athleticism is on display with his pocket presence and his ability to keep plays alive while also keeping his eyes downfield to eventually find his receivers open, even if they weren't initially available for a, for a throw. Yeah. Um, No, you're right. I mean, because at Indiana, before he had two ACLs, I'm not sure when the first one was. We know when the second one was after or in the middle of his really good year at Indiana, um, not his last year there. And he did run. I mean, there was nothing that's, that I said, oh, he's black, and where's number seven is left-handed. That reminds me of Michael Vick. No. But he was more of a runner than he is now. He's got negative. VK brought this up at the roundtable yesterday. He's got negative 18 yards running. He's only been sacked five times. It feels like he runs better than that or more. It's three or four yards a clip, and he gets down. But it moves the chains. And that's the biggest thing in this game, that I don't want him to have third and five and see man and see backs and take six and hit the fucking deck. So he tore his ACL for the first time as a true freshman in 2018 and then yeah, tore it again in 2020 in the middle of uh, that really good season for him. Right. I'm sorry, that that was not in the middle of that really good season for him. That was the season after because it was a, his second year where he really tore things up. And he was starting to do the same in 2020 as well before he went down to that injury. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got this two uh, years mixed up in Indiana. I knew he had one really good year. I was like, this guy can run. This guy can throw. This guy's really good. Tom Allen has something building here. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you do the research here. I believe Kalen DeBoer would have been there, right? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. Look that up to a sales deal. Give me one sec here because I picked one quick call and you know exactly what I'm calling about. And I'm not going to mention it, but give me one sec. Dylan was there in 2019. So 2020 when he hurt his knee, that is uh, after Kalen DeBoer was there. But they do have that history together. It helps to make sense why Penix would move on from Indiana to Washington because there is a familiarity there and yeah well kevin is making a call let's give some love to all of our travel partners helping us get to and from new orleans this year we are so grateful to everyone here that includes allstat beer covert bee cave hooking us up with a ride to get there and back covert has been invaluable in their support of texas sports unfiltered since the get-go 
My guy Tom McKay and Audiovisual Consultations are actually, uh, they got back from their New York City Christmas vacation last night. Hopefully Tom and the family are doing well. Love Audiovisual Consultations. avconsultations.com about good stock, uh, delivering the best meat around Hoops ATX, getting those top-notch basketball goals installed throughout Central Texas. Texas Orthopedics, our guy Dr. Danny, former walk-on at UT, he does a great job. I actually just went there for a hip issue, saw the uh, saw Dr. McDonald at that South location, and he said, you know what? Yeah, it's a hip issue, but it actually has to do with some glute tendonitis. My hip is starting to feel better, thankfully. Hey, City Store and Ice House, uh, talking about best burgers in the city. Hey, City Store is up there, but they do so many different great things on the menu out at Hey, City Store. Love Travis and the group out there. Hummel Realty, you heard me talk. Hummel Realtor, excuse me, you heard me talking about him a little bit earlier. Pest Wranglers, pestwranglers.com, Lake Cliff Golf Club, Leaf Landscape Supply, more clean, and then Domino's as well. Our guy Ike, who owns four different Domino's in and around Lago Vista. Uh, everybody has uh, has just been huge and and helping us to uh, to get this thing going. This thing being Texas sports unfiltered, but also supporting us in moments like this where we see it as hugely important to have a presence in New Orleans around where Texas fans are going to be broadcasting in the days leading up to the game, the day of the game, as core of course as part of our pregame show as well. It's why we're going to be at Manning's for broadcast on both Sunday afternoon. And then Monday afternoon, too, Mannings is connected to Harrah's. There is a uh, the Texas One Fund is actually gathering there on Monday, so we're going to be a part of that process. We are really excited about that. And then stay tuned, Texas Sports Unfiltered. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure to download the app because we are going to be going live from the five bedroom, ten bed Airbnb that we have rented starting tomorrow evening through. Tuesday morning. I think we're going to do something live Tuesday morning as well. There's going to be some shenanigans happening at this Airbnb. I will go ahead and predict right now. I think the big question, if there are bedrooms that have single beds in them, who gets the single beds? Probably starts with Rodney and his wife. Bucky might get the other single bed. Bucky's probably going to be asleep by nine or 10 most nights, but the rest of us, yeah, we're going to be going out. Zay told me just before Kevin popped on a little bit earlier that he normally doesn't drink a whole lot in Austin. That rule goes out the window in a place like New Orleans. So uh, Zay's going to be tipping him back just a little bit. I'm going to be pacing myself. I'm not going to be starting too early, but I'll uh, no doubt have a few beverages before it's all said and done as well. And as CB says, fried alligator tastes like chicken. I love it does with good gator in New Orleans. Yeah, it does taste a little bit like chicken. I, I might like alligator a little bit more than chicken, as a matter of fact, but there is a lot of good gator to be had in NOLA. Why? Because a little firmer, like a little tighter protein? Yeah, I think that's it. It's all about marination and brining that. Well, and if you do all- it well, then it'll take on that flavor. It's a, it's a very neutral protein. Yeah, and I feel like... Chicken closes the gap when you're talking about th- the thigh meat, but when you're talking about chicken breast versus regular alligator, I, I get, is it gator belly? I don't even know where they're cutting the meat from on the alligator. I'm pretty sure it's belly because usually they're, you're right, because chicken thighs, like if you get a good chicken thigh or a leg, like you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but you, you get a breast and I mean, breast is the hardest thing. It's like brisket of 
chicken. Like if you make that moist and tasty, sorry you, to use the M word, ladies. Um, and I know you can barely drive now, but um, but it, that's really where the skill is. The bright see, yeah, you uh, you're more on top of the brine than I am. It's it's because I am. It's never top of mind for me when I need to do it, so I end up. Not Brian. Yeah, I also don't have a wife and kids in three jobs. So I I have time to brine stuff. <laughs> That's fair. What about the um condo or the Airbnb? So I know that Brock was telling me that he plans on making sure that BK does not have his deposit back and that that turns into a frat house. So well, he's bringing you know what uh that wouldn't surprise me if brock were to uh to take things down that route and then i we might actually get to witness on facebook live or maybe uh the the live youtube feed bk and brock fighting that'd be great uh yeah it'd be something now brock's not gonna I'm curious to see what happens with Brock over the course of uh, uh, the next couple of days because his dad is going to be partying with him and his friends. So his dad is going to be down there with us at the Airbnb. Yeah, but he's a redhead. His dad may be like, you know, just a fucking, maybe our age and a fucking nut, bro. Yeah. He may be one of our friends we go out with. It's like, bro, settle down, man. Like, So I met Brock's mom. She's really cool. But yeah, she is closer to our age than Brock is, to your point. So uh, is she the redhead or is the dad the redhead? That's that's the key. If anything, it's the dad because mom has blonde hair. Watch out. (laughs) If anything, I'm going to be befriending the dad. He's the guy who's closest to my age on this trip. Like Zay and I are going to be hanging out a fair amount. But after Bucky and I go to the World War II Museum and the History of Jazz Museum... He's going to be peace outing on us because he's not going to be going bar hopping with us. One, he's going to us down too much, but two, he doesn't drink anymore. Right. And I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. You don't like it would have been a really fun crew if you and I, if you, me and Bucky in our prime of partying were all out there. Oh, watch out, bro. But we're all three different. You and I are the same age, but we're taking care of our body and Bucky's a different spot. Like it, I mean, it would actually be pretty lame. I will say this, and I hate to say this, and it says a lot about my age, and I'm sure I'm going to get killed on here and go for it, bring it. Um, done more than all y'all. How dare you? But um, like, there's a part of me, like with work. So Chris Kapacek, who I work with, was flying down there from Colorado quarterback at air force nba ut loves ut football and they were so pumped but we've got certain deals here as you know you're part of one where we're just trying we're like we're all hands on deck and making sure we get our job done you know so once i knew that was the case i'm like not going i'll go to houston the next week there was a little part of me that morning that was pissed off i'm not going to be going there and hanging out with you and going to August and hanging out with the guys. But a little part of me too, at my age that new year's Eve, I'll probably be asleep at 1130. Like new Orleans at 45. Didn't hit me. Like it probably should. And call me old, call me whatever. Is that fair? That's fair. 
but I'm still extremely disappointed because you were. I know to- I am too, mainly because of you. And and and, and by the way, my food buddy. I don't. I'm not going to have anybody who's going to be as serious as I am with these things. No, trust me. I feel like I was a pulling guard and I didn't pull correctly, and you got blown <laughs> up. I mean, no. I mean, I told I told Chris, and Chris is so awesome. He's like, dude, go. I'm like, no, I'm early on. Like, I. You know, I really need to be back here for this, and it's good for me, money wise, and everything else. And I'm no, like, you don't have to, you don't have to dig yourself into a deeper hole with me. No. I, can, I, can feel, I can feel the head starting to happen like two weeks ago. It's fine. I was preparing myself. I could tell that he wouldn't buy in the pick and roll and he was hedging this screen here. <laughs> I got news for you. As any good big man, he was hedging the screen, making sure he got enough coverage on the guard as he rotates out of that, yet still covering this back end for a pick and roll. Pick and pop, he may get me. Pick and roll, he ain't getting me. <laughs> oh, I I, uh, I actually have the list in front of me. The other place that I was told about in New Orleans is called Giacomo's. Great. You know of this place? Yes. Went, I believe, with Dave Paul and then. Oh, you've been there. Yes. Um, we had a lot of fun at Pluckers parties. For all of us, for all of y'all that came by Pluckers, they put us on all these five-star trips, and we were just blitzed the whole time. Okay, we're about to go over the menu right now because I just pulled it up, and I there's one thing in particular I was told about that I would be shocked if you did not try it. Okay. All right, menu's up now. The shrimp and alligator sausage cheesecake. Holy shit, that sounds amazing. Yep, had it. Was it good? Better than it. Well, much better than it sounds. Better than your creative, I've been around a lot of stuff, food brain thinks. Incredible. Duck and Andouille gumbo? Andouille. Andouille. Yeah, Andouille sausage. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. So, once again, I was there. If it was on my dime, I'd get a couple of these. I'd probably get a lot more than that. But, like, Pluckers had, or Dave got everything. So, it was incredible. Yeah, the shrimp and uh, alligator sausage cheesecake. Fried grits we had. Duck and Dulé gumbo, uh, the boudin balls, um, rabbit tenderloin. That was incredible. Rabbit tenderloin. Yep. Sautéed chicken livers. Um, oh, so good. Those are all appetizers, by the way, too. Yeah. The grouper cauliflower, poach, puree blanc, cauliflower puree, pesto. Yeah, I, I ended up getting blackened redfish, which I go to Padre so much and they catch so much redfish, you probably shouldn't have, but it was really good. Mm. Um, a buddy had etouffee, crawfish etouffee, that was really good. Another buddy had country fried, uh, fried venison. Didn't have that, but he said it was great. Um, there is, I'm looking at it now and I don't remember this, Austin Leslie's fried chicken. That can't be our Austin Leslie. Can it? It's got to be, right? Even know who Leslie, Leslie got down there, didn't he? Oh, no. That, that's got to be. Is it? 
That's got to be a person named Austin Leslie. Hold on a second. Leslie was that omnipresent. I buy it. I saw Leslie at Lake OBJ near Horseshoe Bay one time on a boat, another boat. No, Austin Leslie's a mustachioed black dude. No, I'm not trying that. (laughs) So, yeah. Giacomo's and um, Restaurant Revolution. Those are the two places that a former chef in New Orleans told me about. Giacomo's was great. Yeah. Dave and all them obviously at Pluckers. I mean, they're in that world. They knew. And two of the guys, two of the owners from Pluckers grew up in New Orleans. So we knew where to go. We went everywhere and Giacomo's was one of them. I, I literally may just go for that cheesecake. It was, it blew my mind. And looking at it, I was like, I, I was experienced enough at that point, or definitely by that point. But I want to say I had it even before the couple of years where I'm like, yeah, bring it. Let's try it. And it, it, it was, doesn't make sense, but it worked. You wouldn't have a cheesecake on the menu for that long, Trey, if, if, if the flavors didn't actually work. Yeah, savory cheesecake, that's way too big of a risk to take if it's not insanely good. Yes, yeah, savory with uh, with seafood too. Yeah, that's a good point. Good. You know, it's one thing to throw some meat and some pie and be like and cream cheese and be like, "Hey, it's a dessert." It's like that's ah, a pie and it's good. I like it. Um, <laughs> no, this makes no sense at all. All right, you're gonna have to excuse me here. I don't know what this means. Rory Harmon announces she's out for the season. Torn all. Torn ACL, non-contact injury in practice Wednesday. Shit, are you fucking serious? Is that a member of the Texas women's basketball team? Probably the top point guard in women's college basketball and definitely the spirit animal and lightning stick of this team. Fuck. CB, are you serious? Are you not following the women's team at all? You don't know Rory Harmon? Fucking kidding me, dude. Look, lower the rims, to, lower the rims to nine feet, and then I'll consider starting to watch women's basketball. Okay. It's like I'm fucking, you know, Donna Lesbiano or Lopiano here, like, you know, licking clams. All right, bro. Like, I mean, but you know, I'm following that. Following her and the team for a little while. No. I'll be happy. I would I'll be happy if they win a championship this year for everybody else. But no, I've got I've got way for everybody else. You're such a piker that way. I appreciate that. Got way too many. Yeah, just like the Texas baseball team. I hope the Texas baseball no, team. No, fuck man. you. Fuck you on that. Baseball means more than women's basketball. I know it does. Just most for you. For you. If for for you though, right? It's both are zero are a zero emotional investment for me. At the end of the day, am I happy if they win? Sure. For everybody else that I'm friends with. My fellow UT fans who care more about these things, but ultimately if they lose, it doesn't matter that much to me. So you love baseball, right? Or you like baseball? Uh, at this point, I I tolerate baseball sometimes. Tolerate. You like the, the, theoretically speaking, on a base level, you like the sport of baseball. Fair? I like watching the Rangers win a World Series this year. Okay. You love UT. You love UT more than Dallas. Why would you not love to see, especially of the three sports that anyone gives a shit about, the one that 
you, you know, football tries to act like this, or fans do, or basketball's maybe top 20 now. You're the Yankees, man. You are Notre Dame, Alabama. You are Kentucky. You're, you're that fucking team, dude. Like, shouldn't you take more pride in that? That we've been that good in baseball for 100 years? And I, you like the sport? And you I, love UT? I recognize baseball's importance to that athletics department. But I also, in thinking about it, as you say all of that, I guess what it boils down to for me is when my allegiance is really being formed for the sports and the teams that I love, I didn't have as much access to the UT baseball team. So I came down for a couple of summer camps, a couple of Gus-led summer camps. But like other than when Texas was in the College World Series, I never really got to watch Texas play versus the football and basketball teams that I watched a ton of. Now, a response to that could be, well, you become a pretty big volleyball fan over time. Yeah, kind of, but I'm also an adult fan of the volleyball team too, where I wasn't watching match in and match out on Longhorn Network all season. I started to tune in once the tournament got going, but I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest volleyball fan. I am entertained by the volleyball team, especially when they're able to dominate in winning championships like they did over the last two seasons. But I just, I kind of missed the boat with the baseball team in terms of like where my emotional allegiance is at the end of the day with the teams that I care about. Well, for all the people that missed the boat and didn't try and swim and get on or yell at them to come back and pick them up, um, we wouldn't have like half of the good middle relievers we do in Major League Baseball right now. So the boat hadn't left too much, brother. If you're not dead, you can still join the boat. And you won't join it being a poser fan. You won't be someone joining the Patriots right now. You're a UT fan. You know baseball. You can also talk baseball with people. So join it. Which, look, you ask me, which college baseball team do I want to see win it all every year? It's Texas. (laughs) I can't help where my emotional... Yeah, no shit. You want UT to win it. Yeah, so that's that's as much as you get from me. I can't just I can't give you emotion. I want more emotion. I want more anger. I want I want you to be crying like I do when they lose, and and you won't. And and you're not you're not crying for them losing anymore either. You will always care about the Texas baseball team, but even a little part of you has died inside with regards to college baseball too. Most of me's died died inside for most of things, but um, (laughs) but that's it. That's that's not the point. Um, the the point is is that I mean, you of all people. I mean, I talked to you about baseball. Like you know baseball, you like baseball, and you love UT. Like I, I get what you're saying that I'm here, so I'm not at Tuesday games or bat boying on the weekend. So that does help with you know niche specific sports like that that weren't televised. But they were on. They, they were probably on in Omaha as much as UT football was on in Dallas for you per year. Right. What was they were on in Omaha on TV as much as UT football or basketball was in Dallas or Houston, wherever you're living per year. No. Back then. No, no, no. Cause HSE carried a lot of Texas basketball games. Yep. Football team was on a fair amount, but I also went to football and basketball games a fair amount as well. Like more football games. We probably went to two or three football games a year, 
like driving down from Dallas to meet my grandparents to go to a game. And then that continued to increase as we got older and could appreciate the games and stick for all four quarters or well, maybe three and a half to, to beat that crowd out of the stadium. And then I went to a fair number of basketball games too, but like as a student, I theoretically should have been going to more baseball games. I just never did. And by the way, Texas won a national championship during my time as a UT student. So maybe it's an inexcusable, but it's also how I feel about things. Yeah. For you, for you, Kevin, and you watching and listening right now, but it doesn't matter to me. I care more about the baseball team than I do the women's basketball team. Yeah, no, I got that. I trust me. We 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 have detained you, and we've been watching you from a, a glass wall that you couldn't see. We're watching you from with mics. We've got everything recorded, so we're just going to go to the prosecutor and get all this done at this point. Um, what am I being prosecuted for recognizing that a sport isn't utilizing the proper parameters to maximize their athletes' abilities? I'm talking about baseball. Oh, I see. No shit on women's basketball all you want. Go for it. Talk about knee injuries. Have fun with it. Um, but the baseball Not thing, I mean. Basketball is fine. fine. You know what this is, Trey? Trey, you know what this is? And and I always get on this, that people try and people in my life, and you know this, and you've probably been one of them, will try and, and get me to do something that they really like. And I'm such an old curmudgeon <laughs> about it. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. You know, whereas the internet guy is like, you have 9.9 gigabytes available. And, you know, you know you're on the using 4.4. No, I'm good. What do you mean you're good? You're paying for this. No, I'm good. I'm not getting a new modem. Right. Um, we had this conversation literally within the and last. And by the way, I know where it comes from. So my my parents, parents' family come over here for Christmas. We all bring different stuff. I make a good Caesar salad. My old man, you know, talk about being a good old, good old guy or, you know, where he didn't do shit, didn't bring shit over, just sat in the king's chair right here. And we put together a to-go bag for him. I'm like, dad, you want salad? He goes, yeah, it's fine. And I go, fuck you. You're not getting any fucking Caesar salads, homemade dressing, homemade croutons. You don't appreciate this? And, you know, so it comes by natural for me where I will give what I guess are too nonchalant. No, I'm fine. You don't want to go to this concert? No, I'm all good, dude. Appreciate it, man. Have a good time. Give me a shot tomorrow morning, you know? And you're doing that to me, and boy, it's just driving me crazy. Because I'm trying to drive you to the buffet of the shrimp that I love, and you won't go there. You know what I didn't do to you starting two weeks ago? I did a slight version of this, I guess. I have a lot of dirty answers. What you, what's the real one though? I didn't, I didn't push you too hard to come to new Orleans. I tried to nudge. No, you, you didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't. Uh, you started to, but you didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't get upset with you over it. Um, you know, tongue in cheek, making you feel bad about it. Cause I really did want to go enjoy that city with you. Cause you and I are on the same wavelength. And even though I'm going to have a blast with Zay and Bucky and BK and Brock and Brock's dad and Rodney and, Rodney's wife is apparently escaping to the casino for the entire time. So Rodney's going to be spending a lot of time. Is she really good for her? 
Rodney said yesterday, he's like, we go someplace and then we go our separate directions. I'm like, oh, okay. And Rodney, take this the best way. Your wife's super hot too. Ooh, take that. Yeah, don't take that the best. Well, yeah, take that don't the think, best. Don't take it the wrong way. I'm not going to hit on her. I'm just telling you, I met her and she was a very attractive woman. No, it makes you a little bit more insecure her parting ways to go to a casino or something, though, even though she's no, laser. She's not going to cheat on Rob. She's laser, I know she's not. She's, not she's laser focused on the slots or whatever the game is that she plays in the casino. Are you kidding me? I was talking with, with a buddy the other day and he goes, you know, he goes, my wife really doesn't want to do much. And I thought, you know, I told him, I said, that's been the number one characteristic I've been looking for from a woman outside of not having AIDS or herpes in the last 15 years. Like, not, you know, I don't want her to sit home all day and sit on the couch and just fucking smoke weed and, you know, in her pajamas and be a fat fuck. I'm not looking for that. But women especially always want to do stuff. It's what makes them, you know a lot more energetic and live longer than us. They're always going. Most of them are always, most of them are going, man. They're going. Even if they're not going, they're going. I want a woman who says, for the most part, I want to do nothing with you because I'm in love with you and I want to blow you and cook for you and do dishes. Well, there's a balance to be struck there, right? Because I don't want somebody. That's the balance I'm looking for. There's, there's a balance to be struck because there's being too lazy. There's being too active and there's, you know, it's the Goldilocks effect. The one that's the one that's just right. The one that wants to do the right amount of stuff, but also doesn't always feel that FOMO. Doesn't always yeah. feel that fear of missing out to where they feel not even obligated. They feel this, this weird internal pressure that if they don't go do this next thing that inevitably turns out to be underwhelming, that they're going to miss some, random moment that's posted to social media and they they can't be tagged in the fucking picture or whatever it is bingo that's it because i actually look at my life even stuff i'll do and i'm like you know i kid around that i do nothing i end up going out a lot and doing a lot of stuff a lot of it's work related but a lot of it's firm related but it's not fomo stuff i'm not going to to the indie car thing or what do they call it f1 you know i'm meeting a buddy at, at at a local you know restaurant or bar here or him and his wife for lunch somewhere, you know, or y'all at Hufalina. It, it's more stuff like that to where I end up going out a lot and women I've dated have, but I don't want it to be FOMO. I don't, I don't want it to be, you know, we weren't at Soho house whenever, you know, all the people were there. Who gives a shit? We're fucking 45. Well, I'm 45. I mean, you're 24, but you know, it is what it is. Well, it speaks to when you and I go out, we're not, take we're not like taking pictures ad nauseum with one another we don't usually our phones don't come out to take any pictures as a matter of fact but i go out with people i've got a good friend who fucking takes pictures of everything we go someplace to eat pictures will be taken of the meal nico taken to the bar that we go to and pictures you know it'll be taking a selfie with them and it's just like all right like yeah i mean you know we're we're documenting this experience i guess but are you too focused on taking pictures with your phone and enjoying the moment. Yeah. Present in this moment. Is that Nico? No. Wow. No, it's, uh, and I love him and he would, he would fully own up to this. It's uh, Andrew Baker. Okay. Yeah. I went Asian ends up being white. Funny how things work. (laughs) Um, You're saying taking pictures all the time. Yeah, no, I, I've gotten, I mean, anytime I've seen, I, I saw a hot woman the other day on, who follows me on Twitter, who's taking pictures of herself. And I thought, nope, 
Nope. No way. If you're taking this many pictures of yourself, selfies in the mirror, like on a fucking Tuesday, like you'll be a train wreck to fucking be in a relationship with. People need that validation, dude. It's crazy. Like it makes me wonder if I'm missing something by not needing any of that. Like if that can't serve as some sort of fuel to to be a better version of yourself, but I just don't. Like I don't want that sort of attention. No. There's a there's a look at me quality to that that I've never been about. Like it's just not talked about it with UT baseball. It's just not in my just not in my personality. It's not in my being to to do that. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I think you're perfect in where you're at and moving in the right direction, you don't need to head that direction. That would be devolving and moving in the wrong direction in terms of being that narcissistic or caring about that or needing that validation, but you do need UT baseball. And I want you to come out with Mark Pena, occupy left field. I'll take you all around the dish. I'm going to show you why this is the best sport at UT and has been forever, bro. I like UT baseball. As much, if not more, than UT football. That I'm says gonna, a lot. I'm going to live the Occupy left field life for the next three days in New Orleans. And it's <laughs> no, we're only going to stay there for five minutes, not for four hours. <laughs> okay, so a single beer and maybe a shot. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the shot's going to be a fireball that's passed around, and we all have to go like 1982 and not care what's on the lip ring. I, oh God! And by the way, you don't have to do it either. Like we're not, we're not forcing people to do shit. Hey, did Clemson win? Let's see. That got tight. See, I always say I don't care about bowl games, and I got like Cade in this thing, and we got Iowa State. Oh, right Clemson there. did win. Did they? Twenty-two, nineteen, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Well, I missed that one. I've got a lot to go here now. <laughs> there were 42 points scored in the fourth quarter. Jeez, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, we're like, are you kidding me? So, th- this was the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and apparently, Tax normally, Slayer Gator Bowl. Normally, it's the, uh, the winner that gets something cool at the end of the game. In this game, the loser actually gets audited, which is going to be especially problematic. <laughs> <in the NFL laughs> era. <laughs> And with all the NIL, there are a lot of 1099s that are floating around that haven't been paid. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Notre Dame wins 40 to 8. I'm I'm guessing that Freeman got a Frosted Flakes Gatorade bath. Yeah, that's what I, was like. I knew it was Sun Bowl, but of course I didn't know that it was the Kellogg Sun Bowl now. So I see Marcus Freeman there and I see fucking shit all over his hair. And it's yeah, Kellogg's. It's not even Kellogg's. It's literally the Tony the Tiger Bowl. So it's a, the Frosted Flakes Bowl. Tony the Tiger. Celebration Bowl. Some of these don't even make sense. Avocados from Mexico Bowl. Avocados from Mexico. Is that a commercial right now? Yeah. It's been around for a little while, brother. Brother. Pretty good. I mean, for all the bullshit rhymes and, and jingles, not a bad one. I mean, it's not, you know, the chick hits all of her notes, which I didn't write there, but I also like avocados and I like Mexico. So avocados from Mexico. It depends on the avocado and it depends on the bar. Boys, the Nino Hartley Bowl, Chris Bennett. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Who is Nina Hartley? Oh, Nina, you know Nina Hartley. No, who is it? Probably the most prolific porn star, blonde porn star, um, in our in our childhood. Nina yeah. Hartley was. I beat off to her a bunch, bro. Nina Hartley. All right, here we go. VHS tapes, some good Nina Hartley. Good Nina Hartley. What would be a good year to 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 look her up? Because I'm seeing 2023 Nina Hartley, and she. I haven't looked at Nina Hartley in a long time, and I'm guessing the sphincters hanging around her uh, ankles at that point. She's very grandmotherly right now, so yes, there are probably some things sagging. Yeah, I wouldn't do. I'll I'll take a look at that later. Born in 1959. Let's go 1985, Nina Hartley. Yeah, 85, 80. I mean, for me, it would have been like 90 to 94. But the VHSs we got a hold of could have been 82, 83. I, I don't know. I never I never got to that point. I always fast forwarded. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I can't show any of this, but. No, 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 no. no. You can't show any of it. Good on you, Nina Hartley fans. Yeah. Chris Bennett, how do you know about Nina Hartley? Are you kidding me? Chris um, Bennett is up for way too many hours of the day not to be a complete porn deviant. Well, no, but I mean, that's something that, I mean, you get me at 12 and 90 knowing you Nina Hartley is. I can give you one porn star right now to save my, you know, life. I really couldn't. I mean, do you know any current porn stars? I mean, are there any? I mean, the... Is it only fans only? But like back then we had, you know, even the dudes we knew. Who were the dudes? Um, Peter North. Peter North. And there was another one. Um, Who's like a big star here? Ron Ron Jeremy. Ron Ron Jeremy. Jeremy. Right. (laughs) You see what happened to Ron Jeremy? I mean, that could go a lot of directions. No, what happened to Ron Jeremy? What happened to Ron Jeremy? Is he alive? He's, I believe he's still hanging on for dear life right now. He had, hold on. I need to get the accurate story here, but I'm going to pull up a picture of Ron Jeremy in 2023. <laughs> so I asked Chris Bennett, he goes, this is so funny. He goes, KD, you always thought, this is like, this reminds me of like having a nephew or a good friend. And I mean, this is a compliment, Chris, somebody who's younger, who's like, you know, listens to me and they're I'm like you know almost like their dad which I'm not with Chris but like you know how'd you learn how to smoke cigarettes and they're like I watched it from you dad and Chris Bennett put KD you always talked about her on your radio show (laughs) which I did I totally forgot all right so here's a picture of Ron Jeremy recently I love you CB hope fam's well man yes agreed CB all right, here's a picture of Ron Jeremy now. What? And here's the headline for this article that that picture is taped to. Ron Jeremy escapes rape trial due to, quote, incurable neurocognitive decline, judge says. Ex-porn star faced over 300 years behind bars have found guilty. Wow. Incompetent to stand trial in a hearing... At a Hollywood Boulevard, uh, Boulevard courthouse, the judge declared the nearly 70-year-old alleged serial predator is a, quote, incurable neurocognitive decline, referring to the absent defendant by his real name of Ronald Jeremy Hyatt. Doesn't have quite the punch to it that Ron Jeremy does. <laughs> and on to say that 
assessments he had gone over conclude that Jeremy's state of mind, quote, would most likely not be restorable. Yeah, I could have told you that in 85. 33 rape and sexual assault counts that he admitted on in June of 2020. Jesus. Yeah. Mental condition. He will not go on trial and have an opportunity to clear his name. Blah, blah, blah. Accused of attacking 21 individuals ranging in age from 15 to 51 and assaults going as far back as the early 1990s. He pled not guilty when first hauled in by the LAPD. Gave the same plea again in August of 2021 after a new grand jury indictment came down. Now he probably doesn't even know that happened, according to this deadline article. Damn, dude. That is, that's sad. I just wonder where his other mask was. <laughs> it wouldn't have fit. Mm. Um, all right. Where were we at? Nina Hartley and somewhere in between that. We're close to done for the 2023, you and I. I mean, I, you know, we could have talked more Texas, Washington. We've hit everything. There's nothing else I have to fucking say. Like, I mean, it, it, I'll give you 30 more minutes if you've got some. Like, we'll hit it. Like, all of us have hit it, and we know what it is, and go out there and do it, and go play and see where it lands. And, by the way, this will be the best time, hopefully, in the Sark era, where you're in a playoff game, and you're like, eh, they lose by 20, and I'm coming on doing postgame, like, all right, y'all, hell of a year. All y'all in New Orleans, go party tonight. All y'all driving back, be safe. All y'all in Austin, be safe, but go party tonight. Great fucking year. Where would you rank 2023 personally in terms of your best or worst years? Is it closer to the best or closer to the worst? I stopped believing in time um, and dates and calendars probably at 10 years old. So in my brain, so I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't give you one best year ever or one worst year. Um, they all kind of come together in a three and a half year span or a four year span. So, I mean, looking back on it, now that you asked that, I can say, all right, January on, good job. For me, with the new job that I love so much and really being in a spot where I've got different things rolling that I really like and like my time, I would say really good. But I have no idea. I mean, it kind of feels the same as every other one, right? I mean, are you no. different? I mean, do you really go January on and from January 1, you book bookend everything? Just thinking about how the year has gone, I would say that this is closer not saying it's the top year, but it's closer to best than worst. Good. The previous year was probably closer to worst than best just because the job situation was so fucked up and you were no longer working at the radio station after the first month or so of that year. And then there was a lot of uncertainty there that even though some of that uncertainty still existed this year, the second half of the year job-wise got significantly better. And there were also some positives in the first half, too. I mean, getting to cover another South by was a lot of fun. And we had some really good family vacations, too, but also just seeing what's happening to the kids now. Like, part of that is 
is on just how they're developing and how they're becoming these incredible little humans who aren't completely reliant on staring at a piece of technology to amuse themselves day in and day out. And it's just fun to have a variety of conversations with them, to hear them cuss in ways that isn't disrespectful, but amusing to see how courteous and respectful they are in public settings, how they can order food for themselves but also how they'll they'll call me on my bullshit sometime, and I tell you know what I tell them when they do that: keep doing that, keep yeah. making sure you're calling me on it. If it's something that I'm a standard that I'm holding you to, if I fall short, let me know because you're keeping me in check as well, and like that usually elicits a bit of a smile out of them. But yeah, no, I think 23 has been closer to best than worst. I know, and as you say that, I'm starting to put together what the last 12 months have been for me. I didn't mean to be I, that came off like some fucking prick comment, you know, like, I don't believe in dates. You know me. I really don't. Actually. I No, I, yeah, it's the reason. Poorly, but most people would have like, Oh really? I guess you're floating above us. Spot. I swear to God, this is not a backhanded compliment. Even if it comes across as that, you know what I'm saying? Other people will be like, damn, you just, you just slided him. But there's a reason why you are typically late to things. But it's because you don't show a basic respect for time. Yeah. By the way, work-wise, I'm always on time to everything. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, But it's to a point where like a few weeks ago, we were going to go meet my family at Bufalina because I was hanging out with you. And you're like, oh, let's watch this for a few more minutes. I'm like, no, we can't. We've got to be there by a certain time to meet my family. You're like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just time. And I'm like, I, I know, but it also is. Yeah, it's just time, man. I, I wish I didn't have and to. Work, work-wise, I realize it's not that. So I'm five, ten minutes usually yeah. before anything there. Right. But it's because I recreated time in my world. So I get there 15, 20 10 minutes before. And if I'm late, I'm still there on time. Clocks and calendars. They can be enslaving things. Like I've felt that over these last couple of weeks, I've riped to you about it off the air. Like, I feel like I don't have even like a couple of extra minutes to just chill out a lot of days. It's like one thing after another. Yeah. And that's my fault. It's also the fault of these goddamn days, not having eight more hours. If I had eight more hours in every day, then it'd be easy. That's not one the, of the big reality, though. One of the biggest problems I do is I overfill my calendar and think yeah. I can do it. And that's why I'll end up being like, I mean, I'm never like late, late to shit. I'm maybe like five minutes late to shit, which is still late to me. If I'm at a meeting and I'm like, I'll be on Zooms. I'm like, where the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, they're, it's we're three minutes in. Relax. You know, you do this too on social shit. You just don't do it with professional shit. So. Yeah, professionally, I have no problem. Socially, I've got no problem letting y'all fucking sit for six minutes. That's right. Fashionably late. There you go. That's how fashionable I am, which is not very much at all. But now that you're thinking back through 2023, after you gave what I think is a, a very <laughs> totally bullshit but honest answer. No, it's not. It's not bullshit. It's a. It's an earnest answer. That's what I was about to call it. I and I wish I didn't have to be so fucking beholden to clocks and calendars. Yeah, I can't wait. And like when I'm retired, watch out. I may say I meet you on Tuesday, and 
you know, we meet the next year. I'm like, that was maybe it on not, Tuesday. Let's maybe not take it to that level. Let's maybe no. still try and meet me on Tuesday. No, I will. I'll be dead. I'll, I'll maybe be coming to you to meet you versus uh, expecting you to to meet me at the bar or restaurant that we're planning on meeting. I'll be the one providing the ride. How about that? I'll be dead like whoever we talked about earlier. <laughs> you can just, you know, eat, eat my body. Um, no, overall, it's been a great year. I mean, really good year. Very, um, yeah, I mean, looking at the calendar year all the way through, yeah. Like, actually, a lot of changes for me. A lot of um, a lot of things that I've learned shit on, good and bad. But, yeah, it's been a good year. I mean, overall, it's been a, actually been a great year. I look back on it. I'll look back on this year, calendar year, in 10 years. And I can do that with my brain. I'll go back and go, okay, well, when was that? When was that? When was that? When was that? And it'll end up being a really, really damn transformational and impactful year for my life. I would assume the year that you were in Morocco for part of it and, and excuse me, in Spain for part of it. And I know y'all vacation in Morocco. That was probably up there in terms of years for you. Yeah, without a doubt. But right now I couldn't give you the year. Like I'd have to sit down and go through when it, where I was in college and all that. I couldn't give you the year I was on real world. I guess I, I kind of could only because, yeah, but I mean, most stuff in my life, I couldn't tell you. You know, I can tell you when I had cancer, when my parents got divorced, and that's about it. Like anything else on the top of my head, I can give you the whole 85 UT baseball team off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you where I was or what year it was. I mean, it's just all, I mean, it's all created by humans. I mean, it, it, it's not real. It's not like there were people living and breathing before we had clocks or calendars or any of that shit. So. Apple watches, really? People live without I know, I know, I know. It's funny. It's amazing. Isn't it? Half my kids' friends have gotten Apple watches this year. There's the amount of pressure that I have to, to cave on all this bullshit. It's just off the fucking charts right now. Yeah, Chris has one. I mean, I, I've never had any jewelry. You know that. I never got a UT graduation ring. I, I haven't had a watch since a girlfriend got me one in New York. And even then, I only had to wear it. You know, I had to wear it when we went out. Why don't you wear your watch? Because I don't need a fucking watch, and I want one. Like I, I, I'm just not into any of that stuff. So I don't think that you're gonna get me on an Apple Watch. But I mean, I, I see people, friends I have, and coworkers, and their phone goes out, and they're talking into their watch. But we have too much communications, too too much access to all of us. I don't want any more. I've thought about getting a watch just for one less reason to reach into my pocket for the phone. Like I've gotten my phone usage. You know how with the the iPhone that you'll get your weekly report of how much you've used the phone? Yeah. I've gotten the phone usage down into like the mid two hour range, which is great because like a couple months ago, it was four plus hours every week. So now I'm just trying to figure out more ways to to cut back on all of that. Just one less bullshit thing that I'm looking at on that screen. Yeah, I mean, I I keep an eye on it, but like I'm not too bad on it. And a lot oh, of you turn your phone, you turn your phone off. You will unplug, especially I on do. Sundays. But the way you've been giving my time, even with that, and it's too high. But like that's my job. Yeah, that's how I make money. You know, I mean, that's not going to be a, a level. That's not going to be a, a one of the oxygen tanks I turn off. 
you know, because I also know my self-discipline and I can do what you just said, where I'm not addicted to it. I mean, it, it does remind me maybe you were working a lot this week or, or maybe even hanging out. You were on Twitter too much, but that's not a problem I worry about. We all have different vices you have to worry about. Too much access and being too overly communicated is not one of mine. Hmm. All right. So you guys are leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah. Tomorrow morning. What time? What time? Eight. I'm going to try and go hit the gym real quick to get some sort of uh, blood flow going before I'm going to be sitting in a car for the better part of seven to eight hours. Meet them down south to head out. You're meet, meeting them south? Yeah. They should meet you north. Yeah, south is where we need to be going to get to 71 and then to I-10. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking that, right That early you could get away with going on 71 to I-10. That's what I'll, yeah. 10 o'clock, it does start to get a little bit trafficy in Houston, but hopefully we'll still be okay. Okay. You're right in bitch, right? No, I think we have like a... Cadillac Escalade or something. So we're we're gonna be riding in style. We're all gonna have our own row, I think, if we want to. Look at that. So it's you, Zay, Bucky, and BK. Yep. I'll drive for part of it. I'm fine driving the entire time. I'll just need to get out and stretch my legs once or twice. Right. <clears throat> but Zay was worried that Bucky's gonna have to go to the bathroom every hour or two. I'm like, we're getting that dude a, a 64 ounce Gatorade bottle to fill up because you don't have Bucky pissing in a fucking bottle, bro. We are stopping. We are stopping once or twice max, and it no, needs. To be like if Bucky combo. needs to stop to piss or crack his back, it, Bucky has earned that right. Fucking stop it, for the old man. All right. It needs to be a combo food slash gas station. <laughs> We are trying to get there, baby. We need to get there. I don't want to be spending fucking 10 hours on the road, which is what's going to happen if we if we uh, take our time too much. The traffic's just going to keep building throughout the day from people coming from Austin and Houston and Dallas too, by the way, and making that drive because flights are too goddamn expensive. I agree. I totally agree. But like, it's not going to change the fact that Bucky's 68 and has a bladder of, uh, of a two-year-old who's been raped. Yeah, he needs to drink water also so we don't get another one of those uh, transgender amnesia situations again. He would tell you that. I know he would. I know. I wouldn't. I'm not getting on you. I'm more just, just, just you know, whole situation. You guys are going to have fun, though. Brock's my only concern. I, I think that you, Brock, Zay, Brock, BK, Brock, Bucky, Brock, I think there's going to be some 21-year-old redhead ginger-type shenanigans, which you should be doing, by the way, um, and y'all being old men. Yeah, Brock's dad's going to be with, though. So at the end of the day, Brock is having to show his face at the Airbnb where his dad is going to be sleeping in a bed right next to him. That is true. I, I didn't know that. So I was kidding around about Brock's dad. Brock's dad probably is a grown man like, most guys there, so he's he's got to answer to that to some degree, right? We'll see. We'll find out. All right, who yeah. are you taking here? Texas or Washington? Yeah, I'm taking Texas because I'm choosing to believe that even though there are going to be a lot of points scored, that 
Texas defense will be a, do a better job of making plays, game-changing plays, forcing turnovers, things like that, and big stops in crucial moments in Washington's defense. Okay. I'm kind of there, too. Um, but I don't have a good feel either way. But I'll take Texas close by one, two, or three. Taking Texas by 11. All right. Well, you feel better then. I hope you're right. And what about Michigan, Alabama? Alabama's going to win that by 15, by 17 to 21. That's how it feels right now. And actually, I shouldn't say that. I'll say 10 to 17 because Michigan can just keep stuff tight. Yeah. I mean, they've. They've got to be able to run the ball. I just don't know if they're going to – they're definitely not going to do that to Texas. I don't think they can do that to Alabama either. Yeah, Texas is better than Bama, and Bama does have some holes. It's not like Bama's perfect at all, but they've gotten better offensively enough, and Milrose enough of a problem, and the defense has gotten better too. The secondary has been pretty good all year. Even Texas, they got beat. So, um, But the front seven's gotten a lot better. So I'll take Bama. I think it's probably Bama, Texas, or Bama, Washington. And if it's Bama, Texas, I'll take Texas. If it's Bama, Washington, I'll take Bama. Either way, we'll be talking about it next week. We will. Probably on Thursday, since we'll be driving back on Tuesday. A lot of porn stars popping up here in the uh, comments section. August Ames. R.I.P. August Ames. Christy Canyon, Alexis, Texas. Is that is Alexis, Texas, the person in that picture? Yeah. By the way, go down one. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is it? That's that's hung low. Go to that one though. Go down below again. Up one to CB and Christy Canyon. Yeah. You're acting like I'm I'm your issue, CB, with uh, what I'm talking about on the radio. Yeah, you're looking at your own stuff too, buddy. Good call, Trey. <laughs> oh, look, there's only so many things that you can post in the overnight hours. CB is probably all over porn tube. Good for him if he is. Yeah, yeah, it's each their own. As long as you're not, uh, as long as you're not being too self-destruct destructive with that chronic masturbation, you know. All right, be safe, guy. Um, are you doing post game or no? Probably not, right? No, no post game. Yeah. I may pop on for a little bit if Texas wins because we will be back at the Airbnb before too long. But it's going to be you and who? Wags? I think Wags. I'm not totally sure yet, but probably Wags. Are you guys staying? So, does every fucking city just have homeless people, homeless encampments just running around next to them? Well, you guys I don't know, we're going to be right next to an elevated part of I 35. So, there's a chance that our we're going to be on the edge of a tent city neighborhood. <laughs> we'll let you we'll let you know tomorrow evening when we do a live broadcast from the Airbnb. It might be the fucking New Orleans Walking Dead outside of our Airbnb. The inside looks great, but we are also right next to an elevated part of I-35, so that could be a problem. TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all have any butter? Get out of here, all right? Yeah, um, no, I mean, the, the fentanyl, the train, I mean, it, 
hopefully, well, I don't hope it's the Walking Dead right outside, but hopefully if there is a tent city, it's a lot like the tent cities that we see where it's just like people with their heads down that are on tranks and have no idea what's going on. That it really <laughs> They're on tranks. walking around. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, you don't want the real scratchy, sniffy, itchy, I'm looking for a fix. I would yeah. walk into this house and stab someone for chicken fingers type homeless person. Not that they exist. Worst case scenario is a hobo with ambition. Oh, yeah. Or a hobo with energy. I want a hobo who's who's just dead. One and the same. Yeah. But in New Orleans, they're just built differently. So that's... Yeah, they are. No, I know. I mean, they, they could have you know, a couple of boudin in them and it gets I, going. So. Look, if it's entertaining enough, I may just give a daily hobo update, you know? No, it, update From the Airbnb. It's a governor, a former governor's mansion. Well, that was uplifting. God bless and hook them. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening today and throughout 2023. Plenty more where that came from. We still actually have a couple more broadcasts in 2023. Stay tuned on the YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not already and do download our free audio app. Just search Texas Sports Unfiltered in your Android or Apple Store, Google Play Store, excuse me, for those Android users. For KD and everybody else here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, I am Trey Elling. We will talk to you at some point tomorrow from our New Orleans Airbnb. In the meantime, have a great start to your weekend and hook them.